Welcome to the Podcast Advertising Playbook, a show dedicated to podcast advertising. If you're a podcaster or an advertiser and you're wondering how you can take advantage of this rapidly growing space, you're in the right place. On the program, we'll discuss strategies and techniques to optimize your experience with podcast advertising. Hello, and welcome to the Podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood, and today on the program, we have Sam Sethi. Now, Sam and I sat down a couple of weeks ago, and we did a live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube talking about our predictions for the upcoming months and years for the podcast industry. It was such a great conversation that I wanted to bring it to you here on the podcast as well. Now, if you're not familiar with Sam, I definitely would recommend you check out his work. He's the operational director at Viral Tribe, the managing director at River Radio, and the host and producer of Podland News, a terrific podcast that he does with James Cridlin from Podland. News. It is a terrific podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I highly recommend that you go and listen to the show. They talk about all things podcast industry. So it's definitely a big resource. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sam Sethi. Welcome to the program, Sam. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks, Heather. So now you are obviously in the UK and you commented that you're in Manchester right now, which is about how far away from your home? Three hours by train and it's wet, it's cold and it's miserable. But hey, that's what you expect of England. So what else? I have to say, anytime I talk to somebody from the UK, they always talk about the weather and how wet and cold it is. Is it really true? Is it really all that wet and cold? <laughs> it's always wet and cold. Why we don't actually all just leave this island and go somewhere warm, I have no idea. We collectively have this amnesia about what warmth looks like. So yeah. we, we seem to be happy. But then when we speak to Swedes, we go, actually, it's much better where we are. So we're fine. <laughs> I, I do not. I am... Well, I live in Florida for a reason because I really do like the warmth, but man, I just, I don't know. I don't, I think I would not be a, as happy a person if it were, if I were wet and cold all the time, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's why we have sarcasm and pubs. That's that the reason true. we invented those two things. Yes, yes. Yes, for sure. Well, so Sam, if people aren't familiar with you, can you just give us a quick overview of your history in the industry? Yeah. So sadly 30 years in the industry yeah wow i didn't realize that that's crazy congratulations yeah thank you very much i i'm not sure congratulations is in order but there you go yeah i've been around a while started out in the very early days of a company called microsoft that many people didn't know when i joined it certainly my parents had no idea what i was joining and then i joined a company after that called netscape that no one knew about and i remember explaining what a browser was to people that was hilarious and then subsequently did a whole bunch of startups of my own and then something called TechCrunch, you know, this well-known online thing. I sort of got involved and I started the European version of TechCrunch. Oh, wow. And then I sort of rang James up one day and I said, James Critland, I would like to be your Robin to Batman. So would you let me join you and we'll create this thing called Podland? And that's what we did. That is awesome. Very, very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So in terms of your 
I, I would say position within the industry. I think what is so cool is that you have this perspective of all of these different things, right? You are an outside opinion in many ways, and you get to see maybe the inner workings of a lot of different happenings. Would you say that that's the case just because of how much information kind of comes to you guys? Yeah, I mean, we we have no influence or knowledge, really. We just look around. Um, no, generally, what I'd say is, look, if you've been around the industry long enough, you've seen the things come around. There's very little that's new. And what I love about podcasting, it reminds me of the early days of blogging and mm -hmm. how that evolved and mm -hmm. where it went. And so when I'm looking at things like the podcast index or I'm looking at new podcasts or production companies, I can anchor those back to some of the early days of blogging and, and where that started. So, yeah, I, I guess I am an outsider completely. I'm not in a corporate company. I'm mm -hmm. not in a podcast startup that requires me to be uh, doing this. So in that sense, yeah, we, we look at it and we are ambivalent to what's going on with companies and therefore can just say, look, we think Apple's wrong or Spotify's right or someone's mm -hmm. wrong and, and not feel that we've got any allegiance to anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, which I think is really, those can be some of the most fun conversations. One of the things that I was talking with someone the other day about, and I, I would guess being 30 years in the industry, you've seen this more than most, is often we see these new companies that are coming in and they say things like, oh, you podcasters, you really don't know what you're doing over there. You're missing out on so many things. I'm going to come in, you know, my company, all of my VC funding, we're going to come in and we're going to save you all. We've got this great brand new idea. I don't know why you guys haven't thought of this or why you're not doing this, but we're going to come in and, and help you out here. I find that the longer I've been in the industry, the more and more I see that happening. Is that something that I would guess you see as well? Sorry, were you talking to Mark Cuban and Fireside? <laughs> that Sorry, was, I just, oh my gosh, that was great. That was really a great conversation. Well, I guess it wasn't a conversation because he was talking at us, but you know. Yes. It was, no, not, I, I'm it just, was not a fireside chat. Okay. The problem is when industries like podcasting begins to take off, and it is, it's Apple did a good enough job to keep the industry ticking over podcasting for about 10 years and but really didn't do anything to make the industry grow or evolve and then adam curry bless his cotton socks you know the pod father came back and started saying well why don't we add some tags to the rss and change it and and shift it up a gear a bit and suddenly in the last two maybe three years the industry has started to see a, a fundamental change in growth and i think also agencies and PR companies and brands are beginning to wake up to the opportunity that podcasting offers. Now, look, mm -hmm. there are 4 million plus podcasts. The long tail isn't going to get much traction, right? Yeah, Mum and dad might look at someone's podcast. It's well known that, you know, something like 70% of anchor podcasts are started and ended. And a lot of people say by the seventh episode, most people drop off a cliff. So, there is a lot of crud out there in terms of the 4 million isn't 4 million active, but of the active podcasts that are growing and the production companies that are coming and the opportunity to reach niche audiences or growth audiences. And I think suddenly the industry is waking up and saying, okay, yeah, I can see how I can use dynamic ad insertion to get involved here and do this and whatever, or presenter-led scripts. And of course, what that brings with it is 
people who have money but no understanding of the industry who just go oh yeah i can see this money in there i'm going to drop into the middle of this industry and i'll tell you how to do it because i have money that doesn't mm -hmm. work mm -hmm. i think there are some amazing production companies out there like wondry and others who are around there like gimlet who've done really well and they've grown great content and I think they're the ones that you want to look at and say, you know, how are they evolving and building and monetizing and looking at the different ways, not people who come in with VC-backed tons of money with no experience. Right. Well, and I have found, I totally agree with you, and I have found that a lot of the companies that come into the space, they come in and they already are established doing something else. And they're like, well, we're just going to tack podcasting on. Mm -hmm. And to me, I feel like that in of itself isn't super effective because it's like they just see that there's opportunity. And so they feel like if they can just tack podcasting into what they already do that, you know, they might as well. It's an obviously a growing industry. Let's see what we can do over there. From your perspective, when you look at all of the different changes that have happened in the last year, is there anything that stands out to you as maybe something that was most impactful? Yeah, I think there is a sea change occurring. You've got the closed camp, the saga, as I call them, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. And, and in case you don't know, Saga is the over 50s insurance company in the United Kingdom for old people. So that's why we call them the Saga camp. I mean, they're they're over there. Um, look, they're doing their thing and they've got big budgets and they will grow. But the exciting stuff's happening over on the other side, which is the podcast index stuff that Dave Jones and Adam Curry are doing. And I highly recommend your listeners go and look at some of the stuff that's happening because what they're doing is creating all these exciting new ways for monetization such as the value for value new and exciting ways for actually getting your podcast discovered new and exciting ways for co-commenting so there's a new standard which allows all of these third-party podcast apps like customatic and stuff it allows them to share comments across streams and so suddenly that's where the exciting change, the growth is coming. Over on this side of the fence, I think it's business as usual. They're just going to mm -hmm. take exclusive shows, try and monetize them with advertising, and try and just grow an audience short term and then try and find the next exclusive. You know, mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's what they want to do, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But that's the exciting part of where I see podcasting. I'll talk more about that if you want, Heather, later. But that's mm -hmm. where I think 2022 will certainly be where we'll see a sea change in podcasting. Hmm. That's interesting. So it sounds to me like maybe the big money that has come into the space, you're not really seeing that as being as impactful perhaps as maybe more of the independent work that's going on. Yeah. Look, Spotify has deep pockets. So they throw how much sure. at Joe Rogan? Too much. And uh, look, Michelle Obama, who I love, right? I absolutely love as a person. But, you know, her podcast was dull as ditch water. It was boring as hell. And she got an exclusive and got paid a lot, right? Bruce Springsteen and, and, and Mr. Obama got another one, right? Great. But did that actually move the needle in terms of subscriptions for Spotify? That's what I'd love to know. Did 100 million actually return... 200 million to Spotify. I doubt it very much. I do too. 
And so what is that strategy really there for? Is it a vanity strategy? Is it a strategy that says, look, we're bigger than you, Apple, for whatever reason they want to do it? I'm not quite sure. The stock price, it moved a bit, but was that because of green rooms? Was that because of their acquisition today of audiobooks? Or mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't have, for me, a joint-up uh, strategy. And, and I've got a prediction that I've said with James for a long time. I see Netflix and Spotify merging in 12 months. That is so interesting. So tell me more about that. Why do you think that they would want to merge? So if you look at Amazon, Amazon has got music, films, it's got product. Jeff Bezos is talking about adding uh, an Amazon coin. There's Mm -hmm. other areas. They certainly want to look at a Clubhouse-like service. Uh, Sorry with all my predictions, but I suspect Clubhouse won't survive much longer. It will either be an acquisition by Apple or Amazon. One of them will buy it. But in that one membership of Prime, you will suddenly have the ability to have TV, video, podcast, audiobooks, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got this spectrum of audio and video. You look at Netflix, it's video. And they dabbled with a little bit of audio where they produce an audio of a show that then is like a companion app to the video. You look at Spotify and they're having to broaden out of music because music is not a revenue generator in the long term volume. So they're acquiring other things. So they've got their clubhouse version. They've now gone into books, but they haven't got video, not to the extent of having a Netflix library. And then you go to Apple. Apple's got Apple Plus TV. It's got mm-hmm. Apple Music. It's got a podcast. So both Apple and Amazon are very well targeted to the consumer of providing multiple ways of entertainment. And I see Netflix has got one thing. Spotify's got another. It just, to me, makes a lot of sense to merge. And then the other thing you need to look at, Heather, is who's on the board of Netflix and who's on the board of Spotify. Strangely, there's a couple of people who are on the board of both. Hmm. Interesting. I love that prediction. Do you think that there is a point at which these mega companies have too much going on and they're not really serving their audience well because they're not focused enough? I think when you look at Apple, if you look at the last product announcements, podcasting got about 30 seconds of an announcement or less. Yeah. Oh, and we've done subscriptions. Thanks, Tim. And we move on. Mm-hmm. So you've got to imagine in Tim's world of all the things that are going on, podcasting represents 0.01% of no interest to him at all. Yeah. That generally reflects on the fact that the the Apple podcast app has not really evolved. So we'll see. Spotify, I think, are all in on podcasting. I, I actually genuinely think they are trying to move the needle forward. I think mm-hmm. the UI is awful. I think it's awful too. And I don't understand why more people don't talk about it. It's really weird to me. Yeah, I think they've got the innovator's dilemma. I think they're struggling with how to take what they've got as a app and merge that with podcasting and audiobooks and green rooms. So I was saying to my colleague on Podland, James, um, maybe they need to do a meta or an alphabet and a rename Spotify Roost. And Roost means voice in Swedish. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they should come up with a different name and say, look, mm-hmm. we have an app for music and we're going to create an app for podcasting and take podcasting out of the Spotify app, mm-hmm. create a standalone app, 
have a standalone app for green rooms for live audio and a standalone one for books and just separate them out rather. So they're doing an awful job of merging them mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've tried green rooms yet, Heather, but you I have haven't. to log. No, you see, you have to log in with a separate new account and create a new thing. So hang on, I'm a Spotify customer. Why am I logging in with something else? And even though today as a listener to a green room, I can now go to the website and just log in and just watch a green room. I don't get that synergy. So if there's, Mm -hmm. there's no synergy. So that reminds me a little bit of Instagram and Facebook. I can log in with Facebook and I know they have built more links now between WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook, but they're still separate products. And that feels like what Spotify has. So maybe because it's of the moment and trendy, they'll rename mm-hmm. themselves to some meta number name and that's their strategy. I don't know. But their yeah. UI is awful. It is. And I, sometimes I I go in and I think, is it just me? Am I the only one who doesn't like this app? And But then I do, I feel like I consistently hear people say again and again that they don't like it. If you had been a Spotify user for years and years, mm-hmm. I think that it is something you're much more comfortable with. And it's not that I hadn't used Spotify. When Spotify made the announcement, I had the app on my phone, right? It wasn't like I was, I wasn't shocked that all of a sudden, you know, I had to go into Spotify and what was this newfangled thing or anything. But that's the most frustrating part to me when I try to use something and it doesn't Mm -hmm. work. And I think I want to like this. I don't. So yeah, I think, I think that they really could, they could serve the podcast community so much better with a better UI. I mean, look, there's a couple of things I'll say. Look, Apple have done one thing well. They created channels, right, which I thought Mm -hmm. was quite a nice idea, aggregating multiple podcasts into one channel, certainly for uh, somebody like myself who owns a radio station with lots of podcasts that we do, creating one radio channel for me where all my podcasts are, fantastic. But they don't go far enough. Why can't I now subscribe to the channel? I can't. So I could subscribe to all the podcasts in that channel, but I don't. So they don't think it through. A good example is you can go to Spotify. I can aggregate episodes from an individual podcast, but I can't aggregate podcasts into a single playlist. Right. So I don't know who is using these technologies who are devising this software. Because clearly it's not you or I, Heather, or anyone (laughs) else who's actually (laughs) uses podcasts and cares about it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just weird. It is so strange. Yeah. So I I have to ask about YouTube because I really mm-hmm. do think that YouTube could totally change the face of podcasting if they wanted to. Any thoughts about YouTube's position in the marketplace? I think it's Google at its worst and best, isn't it? Typically. So yes, I see what you mean by, look, Stick your podcast up onto YouTube, create it. It's another channel, right? And the problem is, typically Google, they've got Google Podcasting now. They've got YouTube. They've just recruited a person to run Google YouTube Podcasting, right? But that's not the same person who runs Google Podcasting. And that's a bit like Google Messenger and and chat and all these other products. I don't trust Google. Sorry, I I know that sounds like... You don't? Oh, please. (laughs) I, I don't trust them since they destroyed the RSS reader, which was my go-to tool for everything, right? And the day they destroyed that, I didn't trust them because every time I invest time, energy, and money into Google, they get bored of a product and they decide to 
Oh, Jesus. I've had enough. Yeah, he didn't make a billion this week. Right, eject. Next. And then it's just like, ah, uh, why can't I, why can't you just keep a product going uh, and, and see it through? Because there are people who use it. I mean, let's not talk about Google's social media strategy because there wasn't one that started and died, right? Um, yeah, Google actually, Plus. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So all of these things that Google does, I never invest any time into anything new that Google does anymore. On Google Podcasting and Google YouTube Podcasts, whatever they want to call it. No, I won't. I don't recommend putting any time, energy or money into it because it will be short termism from Google. And you, your prediction is it will be short term because it's not going to make the kind of money that they're interested in. So will it be like a similar Apple thing where it's like, eh, you know, it's there, but yeah. it's almost more of an annoyance than an actual. Yeah, they, it's probably 0.01% on the balance sheet. Sure. And so, you know, when Sunja Pachai looks at it and goes, hmm, podcasting, what's that then? It doesn't matter to them. It right. doesn't. And so I can't see that actually becoming a focus of their attention. Um, I think if, as we said earlier, if there is much more of an evolution away from blogs and from other areas into podcasting where PR agencies and companies understand the value of podcasting, what it can deliver to audiences, then maybe they will do it. I mean, Google's got another big problem, by the way, Heather, that isn't to do with podcasts, and that's to do with smart digital assistants. They are absolutely, excuse my French, screwed. Because you and I, when we do a Google search, get 10 results. Agreed? Mm -hmm. And then we get three ads at the top and a whole bunch of ads down the side. Ask your Google Assistant the next time for the, the number for your Chinese takeaway. You get one result. Imagine if you got 10 results and four adverts. You'd never use your Google Assistant again. They've got so many other worries to worry about with Amazon Alexa and Google Assistants and search not being the way that we use eventually because of voice. Um, I don't think podcasting's even on their radar. Hmm. That is really interesting. Well, I appreciate that feedback. So let's circle back to podcast index. I know you mm. were talking about that being your big prediction. So tell us more mm. about that. And to be honest, I'm not super familiar. I haven't spent a lot of time really focusing on that. So tell us more. <laughs> So two very clever people, uh, Adam Curry, the podfather, and, and Dave Jones, sat back properly and said, look, you know, the needle on podcasting isn't moving. What can we do to come up, I suppose, with a, a better name, RSS 2.0? So they extended the XML namespace and came up with a bunch of tags. So they started off with the people tag. Now, proprietary-wise, Apple had been doing that for a while. So if you go into your Apple podcast app and you find mm -hmm. famous people, Apple somewhere, hand-coding, are adding those people to uh, the podcast as a people. So who's the host? Who's the mm -hmm. guest? Mm -hmm. That's great, but that's not scalable, right? Not certainly mm -hmm. to 4 million podcasts. And then they started looking at other areas, things like the location of where the podcast talks about, not where it was recorded, but where it talks about. Then they started adding other tags. So there's now three or four phases of tags. I think what they're doing is saying, look, we're going to make it so that the open podcast apps have as much chance to compete with the closed proprietary platforms. Now, I said earlier, one of my backgrounds, I was one of the early Netscape product managers and i was in the browser war and i remember mm -hmm. very well 
fighting Microsoft in the trenches. And if you can remember back to Internet Explorer 6 or 7 with mm -hmm. ActiveX, that was going to save the web and they were going to make it all. But it's totally proprietary to Microsoft. And the open web, which was what Netscape was about with all the HTML extensions. And I feel we're in that same war. We're in a, we're in a podcast war. We're in a war mm -hmm. with Apple and Spotify who are the proprietary closed platforms who are not serving the community but serving themselves. And I think you're seeing the podcast index and the guys behind it and all of the supporting apps that are there are trying to evolve the way that we consume content through podcasting. And I think they will be nimbler, faster, and much more responsive to the needs of podcasters so that eventually they will offer a better option to consuming content rather than the way that we consume it through Apple and Spotify. That would be amazing. So in terms of tags, is the purpose of the tag just for searchability? Yeah. So let's say you're on Podchaser and you wanted to find out all the podcasts that Heather's been on as both a host and a guest, right? That's the people tag. You might want to find out all the different things related to, let's say, comments about this podcast, right? But today, how do you comment on a podcast? It's very difficult with most mm -hmm. clients. But comments and interactivity and that feedback loop is what we as creators of podcasts want. We want to know, did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? Mm -hmm. What did we do, right? You can't do that inside of Spotify and Apple, but I want to have that. And if I get that, so Custapod and Fountain and all these other exciting new young apps are bringing in commenting. So again, audiograms, the ability to snippet parts of the show and share that easily. So there's all of these different ways that we want to be able to provide. Now, we were talking today on Podland about a really clever new app called Clever.fm, and they're using AI to transcribe in real time the podcast and mm -hmm. look at all the links. So let's say we've just talked about the podcast index. We talked about Netscape. We talked about all sorts of other things. In the show notes, they're automatically exposing links to that out. So as a listener, I've already got all the info about Heather and Sam, and I've got all the information cards about all these other things. So suddenly, the audio that we're talking about becomes much more metadata that the listener can get. So those sorts of evolving ways that we can use podcasting to expose the rest of the web and what we're talking about and, and break it up into nice little chunks of information we can share on social media. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do this. Today, you and I, I'm sure after this, Heather, you've got the unenviable task of having to listen to this again with me, otherwise not, and then find the snippets of information you want to take and put those out onto social media. But why can't we find an AI? Now, I know there's things like Lately and Headliner who do that. But again, mm -hmm. that's never going to come from Spotify and Apple. That's what I'm trying to say. They are right, never. Never going to, mm -hmm. uh, they're not going to evolve the platforms fast enough to actually add value to the listener mm -hmm. and also to the creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. One final thought, and then I know we need to start wrapping it up here. 
So I was so frustrated this last week and and it's happened to me many, many, many times. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. happened to you as well, but I was listening to a podcast and I really liked the guest. And of course they talked about the guest podcast. So then I went on to Apple and I searched for the show and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And then I went on Castbox, which is the other app I use and I couldn't find it. And I was very frustrated that this guy obviously gave the wrong name of his podcast. So I was walking, I got back to my desk, I went and looked for it and, oh, I forgot the, the, right? So if I had put in the, I would have found the podcast, but because I forgot that one really important word, I couldn't find the show. And it was so frustrating to me because I just want to say how, how can we be this far and yet this far behind, right? For me, I'm like that in and of itself really kills discoverability. If, like, for instance, the other day I had a question about a staff related, you know, issue I was having. So I went onto YouTube and I typed in, Hey, I want, I want videos about X, Y, and Z. Oh, wouldn't you know, like a million videos pop up about that topic. I would love to go into a podcast player and say, I want to listen to podcasts about this particular thing, you know, how to make sourdough bread, for instance, right? And then I'm going to got a whole list of all the podcast episodes talking about how to make sourdough bread. How is it that we are, like I said, so far down this evolutionary road and yet basic search capabilities still seem missing, so, so absent from the space? Yeah, I mean, the biggest problem in podcasting is discoverability, right? That's the challenge we we all face is when you take a 30-minute, 50-minute, one-hour, Joe Rogan, four-hour podcast, how do you find the content within the, the value? That is where the metadata level, the, the stuff that the podcast index are doing, the show notes, the chapters, the uh, imagery around chapters, all of these other things that we do, AI like in Clever FM, trying to extract that content so that eventually yeah heather you should be able to go to google who are indexing all of the podcasts now and say i just want to find something that's about sourdough making and in the middle of all the blogs and the podcasts and then be able to filter and just say just podcasts and there it is and then go down to a chapter level which is the chapter that just talks about it in a whole podcast will that come i guess it will eventually it's just a slow burn we're getting there um Will we get it from inside the big four? I don't think so. No, will right. we get it from everyone else doing it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Interesting. It, it will take time. I'm confident given the energy and the input from some super smart developers who are, are really working hard to make this stuff work together. I think that's where we will end up. You know, some of my favorite products on the market, Descript. Do you use it? We do. We love it. Yeah. Now, imagine editing your podcast before Descript. It was just a nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it was anyway. And now it's a cinch. You know, I I love it. I mean, is the transcript great? No, it's about 80% good, right? So they've got a way to go. Mm -hmm. But but some of the tools they add make podcasting much easier. Headliner, now auto-enable you to create a nice little album cover. But also, they've just added, have you heard of Disco, the product they've come up with? I feel like I have heard of it, but I, I haven't dived, dived So what is nice, imagine you've got your website and you use Disco, which is an add-in. It looks at using AI and the transcript of this podcast, for an, as an example, or your other shows, and it will recommend another podcast within your podcast series oh. 
talking so about a similar so, topic or something. Yeah. So suddenly you've That's got really linkability cool. and clicks. Now, all of these are taking their time. Is it perfect? Probably not. Is it a step forward? Of course it is. So I think when we talk about 2022, I'm really bullish on the growth of podcasting, on the mm -hmm. revenue of podcasting, and the tools of podcasting. And I still think we've got a way to go. So I think we've got a two, three-year window of massive growth in the world of podcasting, and that's why I'm excited by it. What beyond the three-year window, I, I, it's not worth even trying. But I think in the next two, three years, we will see better tools to help us monetize, discover, and share, and interactively comment. All of those things are coming, and that's what I think will make podcasting even more exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. The conversation has been terrific. So I really appreciate you being here. If folks are interested in connecting with you, where can they go to do that? So I'd recommend going to podnews or podland.news. Come and visit us on at podland news. And if you want to find me personally, then I'm on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter at Sam Sethi. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam. It was great chatting. And thank you guys for listening in today. And I will talk to you again soon. If you want to learn more about how to be a market leader in podcast advertising, reach out to us at truenativemedia.com.